don't know about you. You know what? I have not done a live this early in a while. I got to put my hat up a little bit so I can get some light on my face. I've not done a live in a while this early, but I wanted to check in with you people, see how it's going. Hopefully everything is well. Hopefully everything is well, man. As always, anything you want to talk about, just hit me up. Just leave it in the comments and we'll talk about it. Hey, Linda. Linda Camper. How are you? Anything you want to talk about, just, just leave it in the comments and we'll talk about it. All right? Just leave it in the comments. Of course, I'm rocking my University of Miami hat. I'm all about the U. You know, I didn't go there. That's what my friends go. You, you didn't even go to the University of Miami. I'm like, I don't care. I love their football team. I love the University of Miami football team. And they have sucked so bad the last 20 years. But you know what? I know how it feels to be a Browns fan now. You know? Look at all you people checking in. Look at that. This is what's up right here, man. I'm going to give out uh, some shout-outs real quick. Then we're going to jump. If you want to talk about something, if you want to talk about a big story, just leave it in the comments. Um, call me Saget. Hi. Mixia, hi, girly gamer three. Hello. Also, feel free, feel free. Leave me stars if you're on Facebook. I don't know what the equivalent on YouTube is for that, but that would be awesome. Shelly Sunny Miller, how are you? I know I missed you guys. I stopped doing my early morning broadcast, but I really like doing. It. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start it back up because you people are so awesome. And by the way, side note before I give the rest of these shout outs. Man, you guys have made my special so big for me. I tell people it's life-changing. It really is life-changing. You know, I put out this special with only 3,000 YouTube followers. Now I have close to 147,000 YouTube followers. My special just went over 400,000 views. It's insane, man. And you guys, you guys made that happen. I remember us talking about it all the time. We were talking about it all the time before it came out. And, man, it looks like like in a year it'll do close to a million. That, it blows my mind. Remember, I only wanted uh, like 10,000 people a month. That's what I was expecting. But it exceeded expectations. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Tawanda, hello. Kayla, hi. Miss Wadad. Uh, Joe Martin. Oh, Tawanda says she loves my vibe. Well, I love your vibe. Uh, Linda Camper, congratulations. Lance Ross, Ross the boss from Houston, Texas. Thanks for checking in. Uh, let's talk about a few things that happened to me. Uh, thank you. It is an awesome special. I appreciate it, Shelly Sonny Miller. Uh, so I went to Disneyland for three days with my family. We flew from Las Vegas to Orange County. Because they have a small airport called the John Wayne Airport. It's like only a 15-minute drive from Anna. Beautiful, beautiful airport. It's a secret. Most people drive, I mean, fly into Burbank or LAX and then drive to Anna. No, no. Right there, John Wayne Airport. So, my son's five. My daughter's two. When we fly, my son gets it. You know what I mean? He's five. He understands. Don't kick people's seats. Don't yell. Don't scream on a plane. He understands that, right? But my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter doesn't understand that. 
And here's the thing, and you only get it if you're a parent, because you can tell how parents act that have been through it and how people that don't have kids act. So my daughter's crying. She's two and a half. We're trying our best to calm her down. And as a parent, that's the worst feeling because you get hot. You know everybody's staring at you. They're looking. At, you know that look where they look over their shoulder like, and in my mind, I'm like, yo, yo, because I used to be that person too, like, but now since I have kids, I'm like, yo, you think we purposely want our kid to cry out loud? You don't think we're doing everything we can to stop this kid from crying? You don't think that. You really don't think that. And that's what made me so angry, man, because I used to be that guy. I know it's karma. It's karma. I used to be that guy. But, man, let me tell you something. Parents, and every parent goes through it, right? You get hot. But my wife, though, here's what's great about She don't care. She does not care at all. They can cry. They can do My wife does not get nervous about it. She doesn't get embarrassed about it. She's just like, they're kids. It's just the way it is. Whatever. But me, I don't know, man. Maybe, it, I, maybe it's a big fault I have. Is I want everybody, like I try not to offend the wrong word, but I try to be courteous to everybody. I'm that dude that tries to be over courteous to everyone. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. I'm that dude. And my wife is like, nah, she's two and a half. And if they can't get over it, you know, screw them. Basically, my wife would never say screw them because that's too aggressive for her. But she goes, no, I'm doing my thing. So there you go, man. That's the biggest difference. It, but but still, if any parents out there know what I'm talking about, leave a comment. It's tough, man. It's tough. Because now when a crying kid sits next to me, I used to get like so angry when that would happen on a plane. I'm like, ugh. Now when a parent with a crying kid sits next to me, I go, oh, how old are they? Because I get it now. I get it. Uh, Roland Erdell, let's put this up here. Hey, man, how's it going? I saw you last night at the Comedy Cellar. Great show. Oh, thank you for coming out, bro. And thank you for the quick support. Turn around, check me out on YouTube. I hope you watched the special. Let's see, Mike Wise, I seen you in Vegas July 5th at the Rio. I became a fan. You were the, oh, man. You know what's uncomfortable, Mike? I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. This is very uncomfortable because I think all the comedians are great at the Comedy Cellar, because the Comedy Cellar has this threshold of comedian. They don't let just anybody perform at the Cellar, even in Vegas, right? And it's it's weird to be out there with other comedians and people come up to you in front of other comedians, go, you were the best tonight, you were the best tonight. Now, on the other hand, it's happened when I'm standing there and they say it to somebody else. It's just, y'all just know it's very awkward. So if y'all gonna do that, you know, DM us, you know, uh, reach out. To, but don't, some people come out, hey, man, in front of all of you, you were the best. Everybody else was nothing compared to you. I'm like, oh, my God, don't do that. But that's me again. I, I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. It's happened to me where other comedians. Look, let me tell you something. This is how I got a tough skin. I used to take this guy named Nick Guerra. One of the funniest guys out there. I can't wait till this dude breaks through. Nick Guerra 
for my first years of comedy, I would take him out because, man, me and him just had a great vibe. But he would destroy. This dude would destroy. Like, kill it. So after the show, and I was just starting comedy. He was like probably three, four years ahead of me. So after the show, people would go, Michael, you were good, but Nick, you crushed it. And some people would be like, yo, I'm not taking that dude out on the road anymore. Not me. I'm like, I can't wait to keep taking him out. So when I get to that level and pass him or possibly pass him, that'll be a, a, a sign of accomplishment where we're both great on the show. You know? So I take the challenge. A lot of comedians won't do it. I remember this one huge headliner. This is a huge headliner. I remember he said, why do you take great people on the road? You know, you've earned this. You shouldn't have to work when you get up there. I was like, yo, man, we cut from two different claws, bro. I, I was taught to always work, always push, you know? And then if you don't push, you get comfortable, man. You get If you don't have great comics on your lineup, because here's the thing, Chelsea taught me this. She never said this to me, but just being on her show, I learned this. On Chelsea lately, she made comedians huge, right? Because she let everybody shine. But at the end of the day, she got the credit for the show. If you don't remember the roundtable, how it happened, Chelsea would set up the topic, say a quick joke, comedian, 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 go back to Chelsea. She would say something, comedian, comedian, comedian. Chelsea would end it. Chelsea would talk less out of the roundtable than anybody. She would let the other comics talk more than her. But at the end of the day, it was the Chelsea Lately show. She got the credit. And here's the thing. If I do a show, if you pay money to come out to a show, like, like Denver, Colorado, I will be there the 16th. I, I don't want to jump around, but I will get back to Denver. But Denver, September 16th and 17th, I will be there. But if you paid money to go to that Denver show, and everybody sucked ass, everybody was just garbage on there, right? And then I go on and I do my thing and you like me. You're like, man, you would leave going, man, Michael was great, man. But the show was just okay. You'd be like, it was all right. The two openers were horrible. You would say that people would ask you, how's the show last night? You would go, Michael was great, but it's the two people that open for garbage. That's why I bring killers. When I say I bring killers, I bring killers. I bring headliners that haven't broke out yet. Right? So then somebody asks, how was the show? You go, oh, my God. From start to end, that show was incredible. Because here's one thing. I don't care if I have comedians that crush just as hard as I do. Because that's the whole purpose of you paying money. I want you to get your money's worth. That's why I want freaking great comedians on the show. You know? Let's go to some of your comments. Joe Martin, your wife is correct. She's a baby. And we all can, yes, she is correct, Joe Martin. We're talking about how my baby cried on a plane and I'm the person that gets nervous and starts sweating and my wife is just like, yeah, she's two and a half, whatever, you know? Uh, aha, Lance Ross, I stumbled upon an old episode of Fear Factor. Now, it's been going around, it's interesting. Fear Factor, my episode still plays. If you don't know, I was in the first episode of Fear Factor. I was in the first episode, the pilot episode of Fear Factor. Actually, Joe Rogan was talking about sheep eyeballs when he did a podcast with Aaron Rodgers. That was on my episode. I ate those sheep eyeballs. Yeah, so it's still floating around. That's when I had the hair and they dunked me in the tank and all my jail came out. That's when I wanted to have white hair. You know, I wanted to have white hair. 
so bad because I grew up where uh, 90s rock was huge. Went to an all white school. I was confused about who I wanted to be. And I was like, I want straight. I, I, I dreamed about me putting my fingers through my hair. And it, it looked horrible, bro. It looked awful. And then I figured out who I was and I stopped that shit stuff, you know? Uh, let's see who else we got here. Correct. Hi, Martha. What's up? Chez. What do you say? I can barely stand my own kids. Never mind. <laughs> see, Chez, that's mean. I would never say that. I love my kids, Chez. I love them. Recently, okay, here we go. Uh, what's up? Recently, I came across a video where you talk about you're having a panda child joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids are black, white, and Asian. We gave birth to pandas. Yeah, that's a staple. I even on my merch store, I even sell panda shirts, man. It's so big. That joke is so big. I think it's over like 12, 13 million views. Just that joke. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how big this special is, like the clips of this special, you know? It, it's uh, pretty bananas. Hey, what's up, Portia? Uh, let's see. No, I, yeah, yeah. So New York, I think it'll be next year. I always go to New York like January, February, March, you know, at Gotham. Now, Gotham was one of the first clubs that put me on, man. Oh, here's another thing. This is for all the people watching right now that fly Southwest. You know, look, the, you know, Southwest, if you never flew Southwest, I love the airline, by the way, but you meet some very interesting people on Southwest. You know how they have the number system, like a group A is one through 60, one through 30 on one side, uh, 30 through 60 on the other side, 31 through 60 on the other side but they let the first 15 people go before because like I have great status on, I'm bragging about my status on Southwest, but I fly Southwest a lot. I love Southwest. But the attitude of people that fly Southwest, you all now you all know what I'm talking about. You know, when you lined up, I was in line and my number was like seven, right? I was seven. This lady, like, Thinks she's so important. Walks up to me and goes, what's your number? Like that. Like literally like, what's your number? Like attitude. What's your number? I go seven. She goes, I'm five. I'm like, woman, we both flying Southwest. You ain't fancy. You are not fancy. We both flying Southwest. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about that. Your ticket costs less than $100 just like mine. Don't give me this attitude. I and five i don't care oh it made me so angry just the attitude on southwest it's not like we first class we know class right now we we are both no class right now but you acting like you first class it was yeah anybody know what i'm talking about drop it in the comments you know what i'm saying if you fly southwest like anytime I asked somebody their number. I'm very polite. I'm like, excuse me, uh, I'm number 30-something. What's your number? Very nice, you know? I'm not like, what's your number? I'm five. It's like, please, please. To the left of the plane. 
Uh, let's see. One thing I noticed is how you describe your mom. Talk. Yeah, here's what's interesting. I love this comment, man. I get it a lot. One thing I noticed is how you describe your mom talk and how Joe Coy describes his mother talk is the same thing. So I love that comment. And I like to address that comment too because Joe Coy was my mentor. He brought me up in comedy. But I find it interesting when white comics talk about their white parents. Nobody ever says there's a comparison. But a lot of people think Oh, there only can be one comedian that talks about his Asian mom and sounds like their mom. That's what's very interesting to me. You know, I've been offered like I've, I've gone out for several late night shows. And here's what's interesting. And I'm going to be completely 100 percent honest with you. Here's what's interesting about late night talk shows. They go all of them go. We love your set, but it's too racial. So basically. Like, why do you have to say your dad's black and your mom's Asian? I go, well, that's a very important part of my story because when I'm up there, people don't know what I am. So you need to understand my mom's Asian and her characteristics. You need to understand my dad's black and what he does and how he works. You know what I mean? For all my jokes to hit. If I just came out and told you a mom joke without context, you wouldn't get it. It wouldn't hit as hard. But... When I paint the picture of my mom and paint the picture of my dad, then you get the joke, you know, and it's a certain type of person that says stuff like that to me. Like, why, why, why I got to be so black and Asian? Because that's what I am. That's what I am. When you see a white comic on late night talk show and they go, my dad, my mom, you know what they're talking about. When you see me, if you don't know who I, you don't know what I am. Look at me. Puerto Rican, Mexican, Dominican, Asian, black. What, what is this dude over here? You don't know. And it just, it just enrages me when television goes, well, it's too racial. When you talk about how you grow up normally in America, it's racial. No, it's not racial. It's true. Or it, it's a stereotype. No, it doesn't. Uh, stereotypes are not stereotypes if they're true. If I tell you a story about my dad, you go, oh, that's stereotype. No, it's a true story. Because I don't make up stories about my family. That was just bothering me. But not you weren't bothering, bothering me, Truster, Lee, Dickinson, Pacma. I was just addressing, because it comes up a lot, in all respect to Joe Coy. You know, like if you watch my, my special that just came out in Joe Coy, you could tell it's two totally different styles. But yes, Asian moms pretty much the same you know i talk about my stories with my asian mom and joe talks about his stories with his asian mom but they're different stories yeah they have the same tone because pretty much asian moms, certain asian moms are the same you know but what's interesting is you never hear somebody go all the white comedians that are out there you never hear them go oh well that white mom is like that white mom or that it's like they can have tons of white moms and white dads and nobody cares. But as soon as you do my Asian mom, then it's like, oh, you're Joe Coy. You compare to Joe Coy. It's very weird. It's very weird. But that's how that's how race is always like, oh, you know, we got to say it's something or the other. But when it's white, it's just white. It's fine. You know, 
Ah, here we go. Portia, Amber Brown was worth waiting for. You were Oh, thank you. Amber Brown on Apple. So here's the deal with that show. If you haven't seen it, I'm on a show on Apple called Amber Brown. And it's what I love about this. It's safe for the whole family to watch. The whole family can watch this show. It's beautiful. Bonnie Hunt wrote it, produced it, directed it. I mean, so many fantastic actors on it. Carson Rose, the girl that plays Amber Brown, is a star. I mean, a star. Star. Let me tell you, if she keeps her head on straight, you're talking Emmys, you're talking Oscars. I've never worked with somebody so fantastic. And the rest of the cast was phenomenal as well. Uh, so we're waiting for season two pickup. We're fingers crossed, fingers crossed we get a season two pickup. So we'll see. I think, I feel good about it. I feel good about it, but we will see. Houston. Looked at the scale. You know what? Houston, I think I'm going to do next year sometime. I'm going to go to, because what I'm doing is putting a Texas run together. I'm going to go back like every year and a half. So I'm going to do Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin. And I'm going to just stay in Texas for a whole month. You know, that's where we're working out, Lance Ross, the boss. But I will be out there, man. I will be out there. Uh, let's see. Yep. Yeah, as everyone was great in the show, hopefully for season two. So that's, that's where I am in my life right now. I had a long weekend. We spent three, let me tell you something. We, we spent three days in Disney, Frontier Airlines. We spent $19 round trip to fly to John Wayne Airport and back to Las Vegas. $19. And it scares you when you pay that cheap for a flight, but it worked. It worked out. It worked out. Oh, I want to read this. Nanny, I am Japanese who studied African-American literature in D.C. Now I'm married to a Korean living in Korea. I truly enjoyed hearing about your background and your jokes based on it. I shared your jokes with my African-American friend whose wife is Japanese. He loves your jokes, too. Man, you are awesome. Come to Korea. I would love to go to Korea. My mom lied to me. My mom told me one day that she was going to come to take me to Korea. Still never been to Korea. Still never. Now my mom doesn't want to go because she's like, uh, you know, I have nobody there anymore. I'm like, mom, you lied to me and said you were going to take me to Korea. All right. Before I wrap this up, I want to know anybody got anything you want to ask me? Give you 30 seconds to get a question in. 30 seconds to get a question in. If you want to ask me something before I bounce. I hear my daughter, she just woke up, so I'm gonna go hang out with her for a little bit. You know, I wanna, wanna see what's up with her. Love that little girl. Let me tell you something, man. I get it now. I get it. You know, a daughter changes a man. Fellas, if you ever have kids, of course every guy wants a, a boy. I get that. I get it, I get it, I get it. But man, a daughter just changes you. Daughter changes you like a son doesn't. You know, it really does. I got a new pair of J's. Yes, I got a lot of Jordans, man. So I want to show you. Let me see if I can put this. Oh, the cameras aren't on. But this wall is going to change over here. This is coming down this week. This is going to be a shoe wall. So it's going to have all my, a lot of Jordans. And then I'm going to start a podcast with my wife. So this is going to be pretty cool. Half of them are going to be Jordans and half of them are going to be whatever shoes I don't know what they're called, but they're red bottom shoes. I have no idea what those things are called. But well, I forgot a couple pairs of those. So she's going to put those up there. So we're going to do like a, uh, 
Amazon show. My wife loves Amazon and she always buys some crazy stuff. So we'll see how that goes. But hey guys, make sure you leave stars, make sure you support all the money you send or anything you do. It's or just watch the special. Hold on. I'm gonna put the special link in there again. That is the special. I just put it in my, there it is. Michael. Yo, that is the special. Watch it. If you get a chance, man, thank you for all the love. Uh, Oh, Louis Batons. That's what they're called. I guess. Uh, thank you, Shelly. I will talk to y'all soon. I love you guys. We would start doing this a lot more because my studio is kind of set up now. Right. All right. Y'all be good. Bye-bye.